who believe that this world is fair and good. It's all lollipops and rainbows. We don't do lollipops and rainbows. We know those are pretty colors that just hide what the world really is. Black and white. Watchmen divided the world when it was originally released in 1987. It revolved around an all-too-similar dystopia, and outraged conservative thinkers and liberals alike. Welcome back to Back From the Future, I'm Sir John Kocher, and today I'll be walking you through the controversial history of Watchmen. Watchmen revolves around the story of a far-right superhero, Rorschach. Rorschach gets his name from the Rorschach test, a test to identify sociopathy. His mask famously moves like the ink blots on the test, is black and white like his view of criminals and ideas of good and bad. So basically Rorschach's idea of criminals is if you have any criminal tendencies you deserve to die, which is quite a far right idea. The story of Rorschach and his fellow anti-heroes is set in a dystopia, a world in which Watergate never broke, in which a superhero killed JFK a world in which the American population are tired of liberal thinking and vote for a semi-fascist politician. I'll get into details about the characters later. Firstly, I'll give you some context and walk you through the dystopia in which they live in. John thinks that there's going to be a nuclear war. What if that's why someone wants us out of the way? So we can't do anything to stop it. So, firstly and importantly, Vietnam becomes the 51st state after America wins the Vietnam War. This is a crucial difference from this in the real world, where America tragically and pretty embarrassingly loses. Um, They win the war in this world because they have the power of superheroes on their side, and they employ uh, a godlike superhero called Dr. Manhattan, who I'll talk about later, to turn the tide against the Viet Cong and to slaughter them mercilessly. Um, At the time of the comic, Nixon is still president, as the Watergate scandal never broke, as the two officials who exposed it were killed. Uh, The population is moving to the right slowly as people become tired of liberal Nixon. And importantly, superheroes are banned under a law named Keynes Act. This causes problems itself, inherently, as vigilantes bring justice but the police tried to stop them more than they tried to stop the actual criminals. Finally, throughout the 70s, mobs protest heroes violently in riots. More importantly to to us today, however, is the TV show universe. The TV universe is set about 40 years after the comic. It is based around the government focusing on one thing, retributory fascism. President Keane believed that Rorschachist far-right ideas should be eradicated with force, and that democracy should be enforced on people defeating the purpose of democracy. I'll discuss this later in further detail. What do you suggest we do about it? Retribution. Now I'll describe the characters which populate this dystopia, and why even in the normal world they'll be seen as controversial. The world will look up and shout, save us. No whisper. No. Firstly and importantly is Rorschach. Rorschach was an outcast of society. Abused as a child, he grew up to become a hyper-violent vigilante, uh, slaughtering criminals. 
Um, his diary tells us of his far-right but somewhat anarchist ideas, mirroring those of Friedrich Nietzsche and Max Stirner simultaneously. Uh, his ideas are pretty wacky. He basically believes that um, uh, he's kind of a cynicist. He believes that um, uh, one day society will all sort of go- come crashing down, and um, they'll come begging for him to go and help them. But since they cast him aside, whilst society was still somewhat good, um, he basically won't help them because. Uh, He saw it coming and they didn't appreciate it. He often writes about his efforts to help society, which is on a downwards trend, but how his efforts go unacknowledged as of Keane's act, which outlaws superheroes. Rorschach is really, really interesting as he represents the alt-right anarcho-fascist contradiction of an ideology followed by many nowadays, in which people oppose oppression and authority but hate liberalism and uh, liberal ideas. He's really important and poignant as a character nowadays, with Trump, Modi and Boris Johnson fueling the rise of populism, and how some try to stop the downward spiral of politics into populism, but are cast aside as liberal scum or extremists. The next most polarising figure is probably The Comedian. The Comedian was was a far-right Reaganist anti-hero. He killed JFK as he was opposed to his liberal ideas, and he committed numerous war crimes in Vietnam. The comedian represents a dying ideology of America first. You've probably heard that line before. This ideology is seeing a revival in Trumpian hyper-nationalist politics. He represents guns, rednecks, barbecues and the KKK as a sort of dying American culture, if America ever had its own culture. Next is probably the most controversial, actually. Uh, He's an anti-protagonist, but not completely an antagonist. Why would I save the world? I no longer have any stake in. He, Dr. Manhattan. Dr. Manhattan was a scientist who gave himself deity-like powers by accident when caught in a particle accelerator. Um, most people recognize him because he looks like, uh, you know that episode of Spongebob where Squidward becomes really rips? He looks like that. He can see all parallel universes, the future, the past, and the present simultaneously, uh, and he can also teleport anything he wants. Um, he's basically a god. In the comic, he grows tired of the futility of human war, as the Cold War nearly goes nuclear. The US government, because of this, sanctioned the use of him in Vietnam to kill Viet Cong and decimate forests. So this is an example, uh, this is sort of an example of where Alan Moore tries to shame America and its uh, officials for basically sacrificing ethics and chucking them out the window just that they can win wars against socialism. Um, because he basically grows tired of uh, the futility of humanity, he just sends himself to Mars. And there's this really artsy scene where he looks at an old photo from 1959 of him and his girlfriend and ponders how all we see of stars are their old phot- photographs. This referring to how stars are act actually probably already dead by the time the light reaches the solar system, and he's referring to how you don't appreciate things until it's too late, referring to how he is cast aside as just um, an abomination, and outlawed um, in the 70s. Dr. Manhattan is polarising as he represents a generation of people abandoning political thinking and politics as they realise the futility and inaccessibility of it to younger generations. 
His abandonment of humanity is also, uh, the way I see it, as um, uh, it represents God abandoning humans, because he's so godlike, uh, and I think this what Alan Moore intended. I'll discuss this later. The ideas of Watchmen uh, were shocking in 1986 and 87, and they still are shocking now with Trump, as they challenge Reagan's America and its rightist ideas at the height of the Cold War and McCarthyism. Now more so than ever, the ideas remain poignant. The comic dealt with the alt-right opposing the lib left, whereas the show dealt with the fascist left fighting the hard right. Basically, in simple English, the comic shows liberals fighting racists, and the show shows liberals getting too forceful when fighting racists and contradicting themselves. This second point with the show is relevant today with Greta Thunberg and her radical forceful changes to the system. And it's a comment on how you can't enforce freedom of speech by taking it away, because that defeats the purpose. The idea of heroes themselves represents a different meaning per hero, but on the whole, as a concept, is basically trying to show us how society only listens to those who try to help society, and those who try to be progressive are cast aside by those who work for the betterment of those already in power. So, in simple English, because this is quite complicated, like, concepts. Uh, even I sort of got a bit confused from reading this. Um, basically, it's showing how society only listens to traditionalists and basically old people and cast aside those who are, think progressively as um, uh, they just discard them as being extremists. Rorschach as the narrator also mixes things up a little. The reader's perception of Rorschach as a protagonist or antagonist depends completely on the reader's political leanings, which is quite unique for a comic book. Rorschach and the comedian together are quite shocking as well, as they represent America as an antagonistic character, particularly the comedian. And um, that is really poignant uh, in the 80s and now, because at the time, America had just come out of Vietnam and was uh, fighting in Afghanistan. And at the height of McCarthyism, where basically every anything slightly communist was deemed to be bad, um, for for a comic book to criticise America is quite shocking politically. Doctor Manhattan, on the other hand, represents how humanity has done so much wrong; even God has abandoned us. Uh, at the time that in, at the point in time the comic is set. I believe this is actually intended to serve as a warning, uh, rather than it's already happened, so society's gonna just crash. This is because not long after Dr. Manhattan leaves Manhattan, uh, Manhattan is destroyed by the Night Owl, a colleague of Dr. Manhattan's as a superhero. Um, the Night Owl basically gets sick and tired of being cast aside and uh, ignored because he's a superhero, so he basically blows up. Um, Manhattan and releases an intergalactic monster on it, which is sort of a wacky ending, but still. This is quite new, considering the book was released not soon after the Vietnam War. Um, however, despite showing the same name and principles, the book and TV show share very little with regards to content. I emailed Damon Lindelof, the director of the TV show, Zack Snyder, the director of the movie, Alan Moore, writer of the book, and Regina King, actor of the protagonist of the um, TV show, but I got no replies. However, I emailed a redditor who wrote a, a controversial but very poignant article about the show. I will now read the email reply from Scott Storch, 
the the author of the article, who gave, who summarized his opinion on the show in a reply to me. The Watchmen show took a searing critique of the United States Empire and turns us into a crappy histrionic discussion of the bourgeoisie liberals. The show presents a counterfactual America where basically rich liberals get everything they want, means-tested reparations where black people get compensation based on a DNA test, guns are banned and even the police need a- approval to use lethal force. Lindelof, the showrunner, seems to say, be careful what you wish for. Liberals naturally feel vengeful towards reactionaries. Lindelof's point is that using authoritarianism to crack down on white supremacists and MAGA bros is a bad thing. Everyone deserves rights, even those who are trying to disenfranchise the poor, women, and people of colour. Authoritarianism equals bad is a weak point. The more interesting question, the one that liberals have to grapple with, is how do they back the levers of power against the resurgent extreme right movement that shows no signs of stopping? 2018 midterm elections notwithstanding. As a leftist, I'm in favour of disarming the police. But, in my view, gun control on that scale would likely lead to the next civil war. So how in the world do we get from a right-wing-dominated US government to liberal domination? That's a trillion-dollar question that the show obscures. Using brutal state violence against reactionaries is bad. You don't need to produce a hundred million dollar show to make that point. So now we will be looking at the weekend news, where I, Sir John Kocher, look at the week's news and predicts further developments. Next week in the week in news, I'll look back on last week's predictions and see whether they are true. So in this week's news, it's all coronavirus, like completely, absolutely coronavirus. Italy's closed off its northern borders, and America has banned any travel from the EU, apart from England, which has 700 cases, so that's obviously not a good idea. Um, I'm actually really disappointed in um, uh, Britain at the moment. Um, Britain is doing that thing of British imperialism, we'll basically stand through it, and that's not gonna work. Their idea of creating herd immunity by making everyone have it basically is not a good idea because if you think about it if you really do the math 15% of patients die from coronavirus so if you infect a country with I think it's 76 to 80 million people in it with coronavirus 10.5 million people are gonna die approximately that's 500,000 people less than the holocaust so that's obviously a trash idea um and the other thing is, it's already a bit late. Um, the UK has been seen to be 14 days behind China in its infection. But the thing is, uh, Italy closed down all its schools when, uh, when it had 150 cases. Britain has 700 and they've done nothing yet. So that's ridiculous. Also, there's the thing about um, they're still going through with rugby matches because rugby can't make money if it plays behind closed doors, which is really stupid because... Which would you rather have? Rugby league making money or 10.5 million more people alive? 
And personally, I'm not sure which one the Conservatives would prefer at the moment, which is quite scary. Um, Rishi Sunak's thing of we're not going to shut down the economy is very much true, actually, because um, if you think about it, if you look at the pattern of the 1915 to 16 uh, play, uh, no, uh, uh, flu, um, and if coronavirus follows that pattern, then there'll be a second resurgence. So if you just quarantine people or put people in isolation for two weeks, it will come back. And therefore, if you uh, they did the maths, and you're going to have to close down schools for four months. And that would put the economy to a standstill, because you can't have kids at home without parents. And therefore, there would be much less people working for four months, and you can see the knock-on effects of that. So, yeah, it's getting pretty bad. Um, in other news, I mean, there's not really that much other news. Uh, in music news, because I'm into my music, um, Lil Uzi Vert drops Lil Uzi Vert vs. The World 2, which is, like, a really good album. So go stream that, after you've streamed this, obviously. But, yeah, it's the week of the coronavirus, and it's going to be the year of the coronavirus if we keep on going at this rate. So that's it for this week folks hope you enjoyed the episode go follow me on wherever you're listening subscribe or do whatever it says that you do on that on whatever podcast app you're listening to and go follow me on my socials the one social that i have is instagram so go follow me on that at back from the future podcast and go like on my recent posts uh yeah so be for be sure to like and subscribe <laughs>